This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert. It is a pleasure to be with you today on Getting to Know Your Bible. We do appreciate those of you who are watching today. We might have some watching today for the very first time, and may I welcome you to our telecast. We have those that watch Getting to Know Your Bible every time we're on the air. We do appreciate your watching as well. Now today we're going to discuss this Bible subject, the open doors of prayer and selfless service. I hope that you'll stay tuned. Now today we continue to offer the free Bible correspondence course that we have been offering now for a long time. We want to make it available to each and every one of you today. Thousands have already taken advantage of this offer and are studying the Bible course or have already studied the course. Many have rendered obedience to the gospel of Christ and are Christians today as a result of studying the course. But we make it available for just one reason, that you might get to know your Bible better. It's just simply a guide to help you in your study of the Bible. Now that you might know more about the course, and, though, and of course that you might know how to receive the course, let's pause for just a moment. To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible Correspondence Course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail, and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama, 36580, or call toll-free 1-877-711-5214. I'd like to read now from 1 Corinthians chapter 16, and I want to read verse 8 and verse 9. But I will tarry in Ephesus until Pentecost. For a great and effective door has opened to me, and there are many adversaries. The Apostle Paul had an opportunity for the advancing of the cause of Christ, and he wanted to take advantage of that opportunity. He called it a great and effective door that had been opened to him. He took advantage of all the opportunities that he had in the preaching of the gospel. We need to take advantage of every opportunity that comes our way. There are certain doors that are open to us. We need to enter those doors. Today I want to talk about the door of prayer and the door of selfless service. First of all, let's think about the door of prayer. In 1 Peter chapter 3 and 12, Peter wrote, The eyes of the Lord over the righteous, and his ears are open unto their prayers. You see, prayer is the privilege of God's child, and we can refer to him as being our father. When Jesus taught on the subject of prayer, he prayed in Matthew 6 and 9 like this, Our Father which art in heaven. Well, what happens when we call upon God as our Father? 
Well, the fact is, when we call upon God as our Father, God will answer. In Jeremiah chapter 33 and 3, the Lord said, Call to me, and I will answer you. And so when we call, He will answer. doesn't always answer like we desire, but God does answer. In 1 John chapter 5 and verse 14, John wrote, Now this is the confidence that we have in him, that, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Now let me just go ahead and read verse 15 as well. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know we have the petitions that we ask of him. So when we call on God, God is going to answer. In Matthew chapter 7, Jesus said, Ask, and you will receive. Now for God to listen to us, we have to be willing to listen to God, of course. In Proverbs 28 and 9, Solomon said, Whoso turneth his ear away from hearing the law, even his prayer shall be an abomination. And I know that's in the Old Testament. But the same thing is being taught in 1 Peter 3.12 that we read in the beginning. The eyes of the Lord are over the righteous and his ears are open unto their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. But now here's what I want us to know. That for those who serve God and obey God there is the door of prayer that is open to us. Someone has said, the devil trembles when he sees the weakest saint on his knees. Prayer is so powerful. In James 4 and 2, the Bible says, you have not because you ask not. That's a needless state of poverty. But in Matthew 21 and verse 22, Jesus said, whatsoever you shall ask in prayer, believing, you shall receive. In James chapter 5 and verse 16, James wrote, Confess your faults one to another, and pray ye one for another that ye may be healed. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man, listen to it, availeth much. We need to be praying today because there is power in prayer. Have you neglected this door of opportunity open to you? There's a passage in the fourth chapter of Acts that I want to call to your attention. Verse number 31. And when they had prayed, when they had prayed, this is talking about these early Christians, when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the word of the Lord with boldness. When they prayed, the place where they were praying was shaken. The political world today needs shaking with prayer. We need to be praying today. Our homes need shaking. The church needs shaking. Prayer is so powerful. And when we pray, it affects heaven itself. Can you imagine the result? If godly people would unite in prayer to God, for our misguided world. Occasionally I'll go and preach in gospel meetings in various congregations of churches of Christ. And recently when I would go, I, I would challenge them. 
that just suppose that I'm preaching in the great state of Mississippi where I have preached many, many times. And, and I've challenged them like this. What would happen if we could get all Christians in the state of Mississippi to gather together in a coliseum one Saturday morning and spend the day in prayer for our nation. Do you suppose anything would happen? I believe there's a lot of things that would happen if we would unite in prayer. And if all over this nation, and yea, all over the world, we would unite in prayer to God, good things would happen. I would plead with you to never neglect the door of prayer. The poet said that more things are wrought by prayer than the world dreams of. But there is another door that is open to us. That's the door of selfless service. Now that's the type of service that you render when you forget about yourself. In Isaiah, the sixth chapter, there is Isaiah's official call to the prophetic office. And in that particular chapter, God raises a question that uh, who will go for us? Who can we send? And Isaiah says, here am I, Lord. Send me. Use me. The world in which we live is largely a self-serving world. Some referred to a previous generation as the me generation. It appears to, that we must have perpetuated that mindset to the generations that followed because we are centered on ourselves. With, with some people, it's all about them. It is all about me. Sometimes people ask, how can I really be great? How can I be great? And who is it that's the greatest? I want to call your attention to some passages in the book of Matthew. I'll be, be reading from the 20th chapter of Matthew, beginning about verse number 20, 20, reading through verse 28. Then the mother of Zebedee's sons came to him with her sons, kneeling down and asking something from him. And he said to her, what do you wish? Now listen, this is just like a mother, isn't it? She said to him, grant that these two sons of mine may sit one on your right hand and the other on the left in your kingdom. In other words, I want my sons to have seats of prominence. Jesus answered and said, You do not know what you ask. Are you able to drink the cup that I'm to, about to drink and be baptized with the baptism I'm to be baptized with? And, and they said to him, We are able. Jesus was not talking about a literal cup and a literal water baptism. He was talking about the cup of suffering and the baptism of suffering where Jesus would be overwhelmed in suffering. 
So he said to them, after they said, yes, we're able, he said, you will indeed drink my cup and be baptized with the baptism I'm baptized with, but to sit on my right hand and on my left is not mine to give, but it is for those for whom it is prepared of my Father. In other words, I can't give you those seats of prominence. prominence. And when the ten heard it, they were greatly displeased with the two brothers. And Jesus called them to himself and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them, and those that are great exercise authority over them. Yet it shall not be so among you. But listen to this. Whoever desires to become great among you, let him be your servant. The greatest is one that would serve others. And then he goes on in verse 27. And whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. Who is it this greatest among us today? Is it the one with a lot of education, degrees behind his or her name? Who is it that is the greatest? It is the one with money. Sometimes people think that money gives them power. And I suppose there is a sense in which it does. But is it the person with money that's the greatest in the kingdom? Who is it that's the greatest among us? Is it the one with great speaking ability? Is it the one with charisma? Is it the one who lives on the so-called right side of the tracks? The greatest in the kingdom, according to Jesus here in Matthew chapter 20, is the one who serves other people. Let me read verse 26 again. Whoever desires to become great among you, let him be your servant. Let him be your servant. Over in Matthew chapter 23, Jesus was rebuking the Pharisees for their hypocrisy. And in verse 11, he said, and of course the Pharisees wanted to be great, and they considered themselves to be great. But Jesus said, who is, He who is greatest among you shall be your servant. Be your servant. Jesus was a servant to other people. There in Matthew chapter 20 and verse 28, Jesus said, The Son of Man came not to be served, that is, ministered to, but He came to serve, He came to minister to others. I have seen preachers who thought it was their role to have the church to serve them. The fact is, if they are preaching the gospel in its purity and preaching it in truth, they are to serve other people. 
Every Christian in reality is a minister. That is, they are a servant. Perhaps what we really need today is more girding of the towel. In John the 13th chapter is the occasion when Jesus washed the feet of his disciples. That's in the first 11 verses of John chapter 13. Uh, Jesus, it says in verse number uh, 3, Jesus knowing that his Father had given all things to his hand and that he had come from God and was going to God, rose from supper, laid aside his garments, took a towel, and girded himself. And after that he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe with them with a towel which he was girded. Can you imagine Jesus washing the disciples' feet? Jesus was not doing this to give us an example of something we do in worship. Jesus was giving us an example of an attitude that we ought to have in our heart an attitude of being willing to serve other people. So he washed the disciples' feet. Can you imagine Jesus, the Son of God, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the one who created heaven and earth, stooping down and washing the dirty feet of the disciples. You see in those days they did not wear shoes as we do. For the most part I suppose they wore sandals. Some of them may have gone without anything on their feet. And when they would travel, when they would walk down the, high, down the road, they would get, their feet would get dirty. And it was an act of hospitality to wash the, their feet when they would come into your home. Jesus was showing an attitude. Jesus washed the disciples' feet. And if we, if, if we would serve him, we must be willing to put the towel on. There needs to be more girding of the towel today. That is, we need to have a servant heart. There was a certain queen that was being coronated. And she came out to see all of the people who came out for the occasion. Large crowd of people. And as she was standing there looking down over the crowd, she asked the question, Are they all here for me? And someone wisely responded, No, you're here for all of them. It is time for us to stop and to ask this question. What can I do to help suffering humanity? If we would just stop and look around at all that's going on around us and just forget ourselves for a little while. You know, that's what Paul recommended in by inspiration in Philippians chapter 2 and verse 4, each of you looking not only on his own things, 
but also on the things of others. But the world that we live in is largely a very selfish world, a very self-centered world. You know we have a door open to us? Not only the door of prayer, but the door of, of selfless service where we can serve the needs of other people. Souls need saving today. Solomon said, He that winneth souls is wise, Proverbs 11.30. And there are people that need food and they need clothing. Christians are to help people, but especially are Christians to help Christians. That's what's taught in Galatians 6 and verse 10. As we therefore have opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are the household of faith. There's an interesting story found in Luke the 10th chapter. In Luke chapter 10, Jesus tells the story about the man that fell among the thieves. And Jesus made such a great lesson out of this story. It begins in verse number 25. A certain lawyer stood up and tested Jesus, and this is what he asked Jesus. Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, what's written in the law? What's your, what is your reading of it? Well, see, this was a man who was supposed to know the law. So he says, what, how do you read the law? So here's how he answered. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And and here's what Jesus said to him. You've answered rightly, this do, and you will live. But now this man was trying to justify himself, so this is what he said. Well, who's my neighbor? Who is my neighbor? And Jesus then said, a certain man went down from, Jericho to Jer to, from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves who stripped him of his clothing, wounded him, and, and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance a certain priest came down that road and when he saw him he passed by on the other side and a Levite when he arrived at the place came and looked and passed by on the other side and a certain Samaritan as he journeyed came where he was and when he saw him he had compassion. Now there was a difference in the priest and the Levite and the Samaritan. They had no compassion, he had compassion. So he went to him and bandages his wounds and pouring on oil and wine set him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And on the next day when he departed, he took out two, two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper and said, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend when I come, I'll repay you. Now Jesus asked the question. You see, the lawyer would ask, Who's my neighbor? Now Jesus asked, Which of these three do you think was neighbor to him who fell among the thieves? And how would you answer that? How would you answer Jesus, and the man said, he who showed mercy on him. And Jesus said, well, you just go and do likewise. Friends, there are opportunities all around us today. What are we going to do with those opportunities to help people and to do good? A person that's wrapped up in himself is going to make a very small package. The secret to a life of joy is found in number one, Jesus first in your life. Others second. And yourself last. I want to encourage you to start with Jesus right now. 
Bring Christ your broken life so marred by sin. And he will create anew and make whole again. In order to do that, you must get out of self. Jesus said in Matthew 16 and 24, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself. That's the most difficult thing to do, is to deny yourself. That means that you turn your back on yourself. That, that you put others first. You put the Lord first. You put others ahead of yourself. Deny yourself. Get self out of the picture. And then secondly, you step into Christ as a penitent, con confessing believer in Jesus Christ. You're to be baptized into him. In Galatians 3, verse 26 and 27, the scriptures read, For we are all children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of us as were baptized into Christ did put on Christ. One of these days, if we live like that, live in Christ, putting Him first, putting others second in our lives and ourselves last, one day we'll be drawn up to heaven. Now let me ask you a question. Why would you wait? Knowing that Jesus said, If you love me, keep my commandments knowing that Jesus said, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Knowing that Jesus said, Blessed are they that keep His commandments, that they may have a right to the tree of life and enter in through the gates into the city. Let me ask you, why, why would you wait? When we put our, take ourselves out of the picture, when we deny ourselves, it's not that difficult to give yourself to the Lord Jesus Christ. I'd urge you to enter the door, the door that brings salvation to you right now. I'd urge you to have some servant of God baptize you into Jesus Christ. We get reports from people who visit the Church of Christ after having watched getting to know your Bible for some time and they request to be baptized into Christ. I, I'd urge you right now to visit the Church of Christ in your community. You'll find people who will help you and will assist you in your rendering obedience to the gospel. I want to thank you for watching today. And until we meet again, may the Lord bless you and keep you, is my prayer. Getting to Know Your Bible has been presented by Churches of Christ. If you have a question about the church, or if you would like the location of a Church of Christ near you, or to receive the free Bible course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, 
Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama 36580 or call 1-877-711-5214. Join us next time for Getting to Know Your Bibles.